Revolting is produced by The Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at The Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Steven and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 75, The Fountain of Youth. We have to offer a content warning. This is a podcast for immature adults. If you're not well-adjusted enough to chuckle at a fart joke, uh, we're not going to be your cup of tea. Having said that, everyone is welcome. Just don't blame it on us if you spend the rest of the day mildly nauseous because we talked about horse semen for half an hour <laughs> fair fair enough yeah oh you know what i realized i don't have my mic screen on again is that okay yeah you sound delicious you sound okay. like a liquor a tub of licorice if i sit I far know. enough away from my mic this is the second time i've forgotten it's i mean we've done this for 75 episodes now and we've been the last... doing this for 75 years and you still don't know how the last two times, this time and the last time we recorded, I forgot my mic screen. I don't know. This, whatever. I mean, I guess if it sounds okay. Would you rather sit far away? Would you rather record this podcast once a year, but it's 52 hours long or every week the way we do it? Uh, every week. I mean, we've, okay. we, we probably have a couple hours worth of stuff to talk about. But, you know, getting into 52 hours, I feel like there'd be a lot of lulls. That's like the director's cut. That's like Apocalypse Now. Nobody wants, nobody wants that. Um, uh, yeah, what do you got? What, are, you, are, you, are you well again? Are you, uh, uh, because you've been sick constantly. For like two months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think... I am at the tail end of the second round of plague. Well, not plague. I didn't have COVID. I just had a cold I couldn't shake. And it is, there is something, there's a bronchial thing going around here, apparently. And everybody is, like, congested. Sounds like Ooh. a bunch of cheese eaters. <laughs> this, is what, <laughs> this is what everybody sounds like in Wisconsin. <laughs> bunch of cheese eaters. <laughs> I think I'm, I think I'm well, I mean, I've been riding a ton. Um, I've been, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous, but I want to talk about it because I just love it so much. Um, uh, so my friends, Joe and Laura who run soul run, uh, they, they make bags and, and aprons and dog collars and she makes all manner of things in her little Moab sweatshop. And they used to live in Nederland, Colorado. And I went to visit them a couple of times. And Joe has an old college friend named Corey, who I'd met previously once or twice. Um, super handsome, super muscular black fella. Just the, like the diametric opposite of Joe uh, physically. And, mm -hmm. and, but they're like, old school homies and so at one point joe's telling me he's like oh you know who's into rc trucks because i was just like starting to kind of fall down the rabbit hole on this whole thing so you know who's into rc trucks is Corey. and i was like what? oh no shit and he's like yeah he has a ton of them like a ton of them like a like an unhealthy uh <laughs> collection like like tens of thousands of dollars worth of drones and race cars and all kinds of stuff and we were sitting at dinner in Boulder one night and Corey came by. I don't know if he just happened upon us or if Joe and Laura let him know that, that we were going to be there. 
But he sits down next to me and we're start, we start talking and, and I, I just can't contain myself. And I'm like, do you really have tons of RC cars? Like I probably just interrupted and changed the subject <laughs> immediately. And he looked, he kind of side eyes me and he's like, yeah, I think he was ready for me to make fun of him. You know, because like yeah. nerds are guarded about their shit sometimes in mixed company. And I just immediately fell apart and I was asking him all these questions and we we're going to ride uh, the next day, I think. And then it would, Joe and Laura were going to have a party at their house that afternoon. And I asked Corey if he brings some trucks and he brings this huge bag. He, he has like three trucks and all these batteries and chargers and stuff. And nobody had ever really seen any of this stuff like this. These were really nice uh, vehicles and nobody had ever really seen them and nobody had ever really played with them. And at one point, like I'm just, I'm just transfixed. You're geeked. You're fully I'm, geeked. I'm so geeked. And Joe and Laura <laughs> have this little fenced in yard and we like built this little course. And uh, I was joking with this one kid who rode with us. He's this young, like hot shot racer kid. And he was fucking like starry eyed. And I was like, I don't even think I want to ride bikes anymore. I think I just want to do this. He's like, no doubt, me too. <laughs> um, so um, Corey's been kind of my Yoda, like learning about all of this stuff. And he's he's real smart uh, when it comes to all of the technologies. And uh, at one point, I guess Joe said, oh, you got to talk to ask Corey if he's selling any, because he's always like buying stuff and fixing it up and then selling it. Like, it's almost like, buying it and upgrading it was, was as, uh, fascinating to him, uh, you know, as fun for him as it was, uh, as like driving them was. And, um, so I sent him a message and I said, Hey, are you selling anything? And he's like, Oh, as a matter of fact, I'm, and he l sends me a list of like 10 trucks that he's selling or 15 trucks. And I bought my dad, this really nice, uh, Toyota Hilux, that's like, you know, ordinarily it's like $550 or something. He sold it to me for way below cost. I bought that for my dad for his birthday last year. And then people would get a hold of me and they'd say, um, do you, you know, I'm kind of thinking about getting into this hobby. Do you have uh, any insight or lines on anything? And so I'd give him Corey's information and Corey would send me an updated list. And so I was basically brokering all of these sales and probably sold like 10 10 or 12 of his trucks for him. You're like the um, nerd version of the cocaine middleman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm the kind of the pusher, but like I never get my hands dirty. Yeah, you know? like the feds are going to show up at the, your door and be like, Mr. Knievel, do you know anything about this plastic Toyota 4Runner? No, I'm a legitimate businessman. I have my That's fingers right. in all, all the legitimate business practices. Yeah. So, um, so let's see, I met a couple of guys who work at Kona bicycles and they had built, I'd heard through the grapevine that they'd built this like little rock crawler course down on the water. And so we were chatting, uh, one night and I went down and I met them and I had a, like a little 24 scale truck, but it had, it didn't have locking differentials. <laughs> and, um, so it was kind of spinning out. It was, it was doing weird shit. And so I, I sent Corey a text and because the next day I was like, I now I'm kind of fucking interested in the 24 scale stuff, like the 10 scale stuff. The big stuff is what I've been playing with. And I didn't have any interest in any of the 24 scale stuff. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to go down there with those guys, I should probably get one of these. They're only like $150, you know, and I was kind of poking around looking and I texted Corey. I said, you, are you selling any of these? And he was really into 24 scale stuff the last couple of years. He's like, no, I don't think so. And then he texted me two days later and said that he was about to sign a contract with a company and move to Austria. And he's like, I'm just, I'll just send you all my 24 scale shit. <laughs> so he's like, I is like fire sale of all his RC stuff. And he sends me this huge box with four or five 24 scale trucks, two of which I've kept. And then I've gone down to the, this little waterfront beach area, not where I was with the Kona guys, but another spot. And I take all these small rocks and I plug these holes and I build this whole network and I wake up thinking about this shit. I am so out of my mind about this stuff. We, listeners, we've really gone through the looking glass today. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know there were two different scales for these things. I'm learning. You're learning. There's four, four or five different scales. There's like 18, 24, 10, 
uh, six scale stuff, which are huge. They're like 25 pounds and really expensive, but super cool. Um, but basically like I've been down to this little waterfront park and they're really small. I just throw it in my backpack and I go on a ride and then I like, (laughs) I've gotten gotten to this point I'm riding and I see a cool little pile of rocks. I'm like, ah, fuck this. I put my bike down. I go and drive my truck for a little while, (laughs) but um, riding bike sucks. The thing that, so this is, you can, they're way more fun in a way smaller area. This is what I've learned. And they're like, they're like stomper four by fours, which I was obsessed with when I was little. Um, they're just like that, but a hundred thousand times cooler because they drive over all the shit and you can make these little pathways and these little courses. And I'm just so like really lost in my imagination and you can control these things. And that was always my qualm with stompers is you just put them down and they drive and then they tip over and you pick them up and you build tunnels and stuff. Well, holy shit, I am having the time of my fucking life, and it just came out of nowhere. So here's a scenario for you. You're down there at your little waterfront um, play spot doing your thing, and you glance to your left, and there's me. And I'm on like I'm on like a four scale truck, but I'm on it and I'm actually like sitting. I'm like kind of (laughs) crouched. (laughs) <laughs> it's like me on a little like um, those little things that they would have in front of Kmart's or Walmart's those little rides, yeah. but, but it's for real. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm four wheeling around on my own there. Do you think, Oh shit, that's the thing I need to get into. Or you, or do you think, look at this dork? No, I, they actually have one of those. It's a, like a mini monster truck <laughs> and you can like a full size adult can get in it, but it's like a, it's like a pissed off little golf, uh, like lawnmower. Mm. And and they have like a roll cage and suspension and they're gas powered and they do like 25 miles an hour and they're fucking gnarly. But, but also a lawnmower. I like that. They're, you know, they cost like $20,000 right, or something right, right, like right. I've, I've seen them in catalogs. And I think I saw one on, I think I saw Rob Deerdick driving one around in, in one episode of Robin Big or ridiculous, or I mean, uh, or a uh, fantasy factory or something like that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So if I saw you in one of those, I would be super fascinated. I want a grocery shop in that. that. Uh-huh. I want to just run down the hill to the grocery store in that. I, it, I, if I was wealthy, if I had money to burn, I'd probably have one of those. But I just, I don't know. I just, I love playing with toys. I've always loved playing with toys. And I know yeah. I've brought this up before when my interest in toys kind of started to wane around the time of like just pre-puberty. I really lamented the loss of that sort of innocence and that sort of fantasy and play like ability to play and get lost in the woods and just like trip out on my own little adventures. And it wasn't until I got into remote controlled trucks that and then I, it all came back and, and I thought, Oh, it's come back and, and now it's sort of reestablished itself. But these new little trucks has changed fucking everything. And it's gotten, it's gotten so much more intense and and all I want to do is go outside and play now. You know, it's so fucking cool. I I love it. I love like as a as a bystander and friend, I just enjoy watching your you 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 have these um you have these things like okay, uh um uh RC trucks is certainly one and I like that it's taking new avenues. But it could be, you know, like for a while you were very pissed off about um, planned obsolescence in bike parts. And so you kind of work that theme for a while or you get pissed off about another thing. And I just enjoy (laughs) to me, it's like all the different rides at the state fair. (laughs) My my anger and my bliss. Yeah, it's just all these little trips you go on. And I love your um, obsessive like I can't have one RC truck. Because they're, I love them so much, I need all of them. I need as uh, many as I can afford. I can't, you know, I, so I had this one, and that was fine forever. And then, then this other kind came out, and I was, like, really hyped on that. And so I got one of those, and that's been my go-to, and I've had a ton of fun with that. And I didn't want it, I didn't have any interest in the 24-scale stuff. Like, I'd seen it, I know tons of people who love it. Um, I know this, or I, I have a virtual friendship with this guy named Joe in Florida and he went, you you know, you spend $150 on one of these little things out of the, like out of the box. 
And then you spend another $200 on it with fucking brass wheel weights and all this <laughs> other new yep. servos and all this shit. And I don't even understand. Like, I don't geek out on any of the technical stuff. I just, I just trip out on like playing. It's, uh, oh, so anyway, yeah. Then I got this one little monster truck, um, Ty Hathaway, uh, from Golden Saddle Cyclery. He lives in Arizona now. And one day this package shows up and it's like this looks like a little Bigfoot truck. It's a little 24 scale Bigfoot. And he just sent that to me out of the kindness of his heart. And that was super fun. It's a super fun, like ripper, like to do jumps and do donuts and stuff, but it's not a good rock crawler. Cause like I said, it doesn't have locking differentials. <laughs> Duh. So then I started thinking about, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll buy one so I can go hang out with the Kona guys and we can have fun together. And then Corey moves to Austria and sends me his entire collection. And now I'm fucked. I'm so into him. I'm so into, I spent like $40 on wheel weights yesterday. <laughs> there is a big park by my house, a very big park. And, um, as with many big parks, uh, dog people gather there in the morning with their dogs and there's a big swirling chaos of dogs. But this one, uh, guy comes with an RC car that is super fast. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what he put on it or whether the dog is a herding breed. Like I, I haven't observed that closely. And it's one of those ones that when it falls over, it like tumbles. It somehow writes itself most of the time. Uh huh. I don't, I'm not a hundred percent clear what it is, but it is really fun to kind of sit back from a distance and just watch this thing with like a dog or a pack of dogs. Chasing, chasing it, it around until yeah. they catch it. And they do like a thousand dollars for the damage, taking it apart. I mean, it's fast. Uh, I didn't, you know, my hand-eye coordination isn't good enough for the for the really fast stuff. There was a kid that I met at a Kona product launch up in Squamish a few years ago, and he uh, was a mechanic at a shop. He and his boss were there for the launch, and we got to talking. Oh, God, this was this had to have been maybe six or seven years ago now. Uh, we got to talking, and he had just come back from this big nationals race, and he had this car that you know he puts gas in and it was it was so fast and i was talking to him about it. i was really interested and he and he did he looked at me the same way Corey looked at me like oh great you're gonna fucking take the piss because i do this thing but i was really genuinely interested in you know and then he was like oh yeah this japanese guy showed up or whatever and he's like the world's best and nobody could beat him everybody was kind of chasing second and you know kind of opened my eyes to this entire world that i didn't and it wasn't that long ago that I was searching rock crawling videos on the internet and I saw, I first came across an RC truck rock crawling video and I was appalled. I was like, this is the dumbest fucking thing. I can't believe people get remote control trucks and then shoot videos of them. That is so, so lame. And then put like generic rock music soundtrack. I was just, I was fluxumed. Fast forward a couple of years and that's now it's all I want to do. Yeah. In reality, you were like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But let me let me try that for a minute. Let me do, <laughs> just make let me make sure it's dumb. <laughs> oh, turns out it is. And it's not. But a lot I, of people have gotten in touch with me and they've, they've said, all right, you know, I'll I'll fucking give it a shot. Like you're just making this look too, too, too good. I hate cocaine, but it sure does smell nice. <laughs> Just to make sure that I hate cocaine, I'd I'd just need a bump. Yeah. It, well, no, I don't know. I'm still kind of on the fence. I'm still on the fence. <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> that's a lot so that's, of geekery. That's my story about toys. That's your story about toys. I love it. Okay, so we had a little bit of a technical difficulty. I think Skype, the Skype satellite fell fell down. Fell out of this into the ocean. Yeah. So last I heard. You were saying something about doing a parent visit, which was like a timeshare meeting at the college where your kid is planning on going. And then I didn't hear anything after that. Yeah, we went to this. We went to this um, uh, uh, college visit that was supposed to be for accepted students. But I think it was actually ended up being for prospective students. It was basically a sales pitch on this place that we've already paid a deposit for him to go to, but we sat through the whole thing anyway. And I wanted Owen to put his hand up during the thing and be like, uh, excuse me, I've decided I don't want to go here anymore. <laughs> it was, it was something you said. 
<laughs> Did he? No, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't. That there was a in his defense, there were a lot of people in the room. <laughs> that would have been pretty rich. And then just stand up and walk out and you don't have to worry about it. You never have to see any of those people again. I mean, his brother will, but Yeah. I thought it would be hilarious. Not his problem. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's do music pick of the week, and then we'll get a word from our sponsor, which we forgot to do previously, I realized. So we'll do it twice today. Yeah, or we'll do it three times, four, whatever it takes. They're fucking great. I love them. Shimano, Shimano, um, Shimano. Okay, word from our sponsor, back to two and two. Bang, Shimano, yes, what? All right, music, what do you got? Um, oh, uh, Mutoid Man. Record oh. called Helium Head came out in 2014. If anybody is unfamiliar with Mutoid Man, it is uh, Stephen Brodsky from Cave In, um, Ben Kohler from Converge, and now they have Jeff playing bass. Um, uh, previously in High on Fire, and uh, Stephen Brodsky to me sounds like Weird Al Yankovic. If Weird Al Yankovic was a metal singer, like he has incredible range. And he his technical prowess on the guitar is unparalleled. But they are also very funny characters and are the house band on the Two Minutes to Late Night show. They are Boston guys. Mm, Brooklyn. Um, but I think originally... Well, okay. Originally? I think so. I think originally Boston. Yeah. Well, that I can only remember so much information about each band. And my that information is possibly false because I said it. So there we go. <laughs> uh, maybe cave in. Maybe cave in was Boston. Like fuck it. No, I'm not even gonna. Be, I'm not even gonna begin to guess. Um, Who cares? Anyway, anyway, Helium Head is a fucking great. It's a great record. Um, it's very melodic, but it is also very heavy. And like my friend Ashley used to say, I only like music I can sing along to. Which is totally true. <laughs> uh, you know, it's got hooks, it's got chorus, it's it's brilliant. So that's my pick this week, uh, Helium Head by Mutoid Man. And they also have another record called Shit. It's the last one. Nope. Lo I lost it. it, but it's also very good. I wish this was a TV show because um, Steve's <laughs> trying to remember things face is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to squeeze my whole head together tight yeah, enough to make the information. Yeah, I whether he was trying to work out some constipation or trying to produce a memory. Trying to pop the, try to squeeze the uh, knowledge out of my brain. And yes. uh, if I scrunch my face up enough, it sometimes comes to me. Yeah. But it probably won't. Uh, anyway, uh, what do you have? I am picking uh, <clears throat> the latest record from Off with an exclamation point, all capital letters, OFF, which is Keith Morris's uh, current band, or one of them, or I don't know how many, what he's doing. So he's from Black Flag and Circle Jerks, and then OFF has been around for a good long time now, very long time. But they put this record out last year or the year before, I forget exactly when, but it's pretty new, and it's called Free LSD. Um, Real good. It's real good. I think it was... I think it was just last year, maybe the end of 2022, ah, pretty recently. That feels right. Um, there are a lot of great videos for the songs on the record. Uh, so if you have time to go to the YouTubes and look for those, they're good. Um, I think the songs... So my knock on Keith Morris's stuff generally um, is that it's a little bit like, oh, this is what it sounds like. And it's kind of the same, but... Uh, the music on Free LSD is kind of new and interesting and great, and I think it's their best record. I would be inclined to agree with you, and the production is amazing, the artwork is amazing, the lyric sheet looks like a 12 by 12 sheet of blotter acid, it's got mm -hmm. the perforated lines, which is a fucking stroke of genius. Like, whoever came up with that, kudos. And I don't know. I mean, I haven't put any of the lyric sheet in my mouth, so I, I don't know if they're actually selling sheets of acid with the records. That would be fucking brilliant. Well, I referenced the videos in one of them. Uh, Don Nguyen, the skater, 
uh, buys the record and then takes a piece of the lyric sheet <laughs> and puts it in his mouth and the whole video is him tripping. I haven't seen that one. Oh, yeah, it's great. The Nuge? The Nuge. The win? That long black hair? Long black hair. Uh, yeah, he's a ripper. Crazy mustache? Yeah, he's a ripper. He's uh, he's funny. He's like, yeah, nobody could say my last name, so everybody just calls me Nuge. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I guess that's, you know, one way to get a nickname. I guess if that's what you're, yeah. Hanging out with a bunch of honkies who can't pronounce stuff. Yeah. He's, he, no, he's a great skater uh, and a funny guy generally and mm-hmm. uh, a fine performer in this musical video extravaganza. I don't think I've I don't think I've seen it, but I do like I, think he, I do like the video out there, their uh, visual output. Yeah, it's all my favorite creative. song on this record is War Above Los Angeles. I think that is a great song and it makes me happy to listen to. Well, so there you go. Everybody's got their walking papers, um, uh, free acid, uh, I mean, oops, free LSD by uh, Off and Helium Head by Metoid Man. So there you go. What are we going to do today? Ooh, no, well, now we're going to actually take a moment for we our sponsors. Oh, we didn't we, do that. All, did, we didn't do all that. I think we did that already. No, we didn't. Okay. Okay. So let's we're go doing do it that. now. Let's go do that right now. Oh, hey, it's story time with Steve Will. In 1992, I lived in Denver with a couple of bike punks named Mark Dickerson and Dave Strunk. They were both ex-messengers who worked in shops around the Denver area. And one thing that Mark imparted upon me was sort of the importance of Shimano as an entity in the industry. He would go on at length about the painstaking efforts they would put into every product they brought to market and his enthusiasm for Shimano as a company, as well as the products that they made, was undeniable and infectious. It was really at that point in my relationship with it as a company that I fell in love and I never looked back. So forever and ever, happily ever after, Steve-O and Shimano sitting in a tree. Jesus Christ. Today we're talking about bikes, skateboards, and punk rock. Bad at this. Uh, these three things are the key ingredients in the elixir of eternal youth. And I believe this fervently. Uh, if you don't love these things or any number, any single one of them, there's a good chance you're going to die today. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It's the fount of youth, man. I mean, my friend, uh, John, the hairdresser said, he said this about skateboarding, but I believe it about bikes as well Is it's, you know, it's a cruel mistress, you know, love it. And it love it forever and it's going to love you back. But it, you know, you pay the price physically. Like there's heartbreak coming. There's heartbreak coming and it's always, but you all, you're always going to go back. And the people that I know, I think of my friend, John Suzuki, I think of pineapple Bob, I think of Gene Oberpriller. I think of all these people who are, you know, my elders who have had this torrid, long and torrid love affair with cycling, and in John's case, skateboarding, since the 70s. Um, and you look at those guys, and they just have this, like, youthful vigor, you know? They're not old men. I mean, comparatively, if I was 20 years old, they would be old men. But to now, they're just slightly older than I am. Uh but then you look at people like Ted Cruz, who's younger than me, and he looks like shit. Alex Jones, who's younger than me, and he looks like shit. Like, I think there's something about playing. What is that adage? Uh, you didn't get old. You didn't stop playing because you got old. You got old because you stopped playing. Yeah. You didn't stop riding bikes. You didn't ride. You didn't stop skating. It's all related. I think it is. I think it is. I think, and I think the music part plays in, like, there have been periods in my life where I listen to mellower music, and I like, I do like a lot of mellower music. I like all kinds of music, uh, although mostly we talk about fast, loud uh, music on this show. Um, but I like a lot of uh, mellower music, but when I listen to it too much, like, everything slows down. And that's when I struggle. Uh, you wind up more in your head, you mean? Yeah, more in my head. You know, like a good example, uh, there's a whole genre of music that I call Sad Bastard. Um, and that's like Elliot Smith 
And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. There's everyone who has heard me just say sad bastard knows what sad bastard music sounds like. And I love me some sad bastard music. You know, I'm a chronic depressive. And sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I just have uh, that's all the feelings. My Thanks. sadness needs a soundtrack. That, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, I love that shit. I love to bask in it and roll around and get all sad. Um, but if I overindulge, it's not good. And then I have to listen to a lightning bolt record, uh, and I feel much better. Yeah, it, um, I would, I was, since I was in high school, I was kind of felt like my, um, uh, like my life has, needs a soundtrack, you know, like I'm living a movie. Yeah. And when I have, the when I have the like hopeless, uh, romantic or the love, like there's a replacement song that goes with that. Or, um, yeah. you know, when I'm feeling like super angry and driven, uh, and inspired, then there's a song that goes with that. And, and then I, and then I have this, like these scenes clip together in my brain, uh, that is, it's kind of like I'm living a movie or watching a movie that I'm living in. Uh, but, but I'm with you. Um, I, there's some songs that I can't even listen to. Oh, holy shit. Uh, man, when I did that God trip in Colorado in September or October, I was putting music on to listen to while I, and then I started really tripping really, really hard. Mm. And there was such tangible memories associated with listening to the music. And I was so high that I couldn't stop playing the music that I needed. I asked my friend who I was with to p- please stop the music. I just couldn't, I needed something a little bit more. Uh, maybe the word is ethereal. Like I needed spa music, you know, yeah. something that I didn't have any attachment to because having attachment to these songs, no matter how much I love them being this high and listening to them was serving me. Not at all. <laughs> it was, it was a fucking nightmare and it was a really bad trip anyway just because you know that's just what i needed to get out of my system at that time but holy fuck (laughs) this reminds me of all those murders i know it was like it was like memories of being loved and comfortable and you know with my partner and with my cat and things that like it was before times like I'm in after times now and after times are cool and I'm still struggling. I'm still not struggling, but I'm still finding my way. But before times to be in after times and be high as hell and listening to music that you relate to before times was a fucking car crash. Yeah. You crossed the streams. I did. I did. It doesn't mean that I can't listen to that music when I'm not high. Yeah. I, I love that music, but man, do not, don't look through photo albums. I don't think you should look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that you probably shouldn't do when you're super duper high on mushrooms. I haven't done mushrooms in more than thirty years, but one of I think the last time I did them, I watched. I had a VHS tape that had every episode of that show, The Young Ones, on it. Uh, all eight of them. All eight episodes, and I watched them straight through. And it was, it was <laughs> fucked up <laughs> because like after two or three episodes, I was like, you know, I think a lot of that shit was improvised and just totally chaotic and stupid. But I was like, everything they're saying is perfect. Oh my God. It all makes sense. I like, I was on the verge of being like, this is a religious text. Oh, I get it now. You got so and high. The- you thought you actually lived, you were like a, a fifth roommate. Yeah, I was in it. I was really in it. And then and then the tape ended and I was like, oh, oh reality. Ugh. <clears throat> Have you heard about the fifth roommate? So there's Rick, Neil, Vivian and the other Mike. guy, Mike. So there's a fifth person and somewhere it's some episode like one of the crew members. I think I might have made this part up, but one somebody fell asleep on set. Yeah. And you look in the background, it's sort of like when Les Nesman bumped his head on WKRP in Cincinnati and he had a Band-Aid on his head. And then every episode after he had a Band-Aid somewhere on his body. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, the actor who played Les Nesman bumped his head. Uh, So somebody realized that there's like always this dark figure, like or there was a dark figure in one episode of The Young Ones, like off in the corner. 
And so from that point forward, and there are whole websites dedicated to the, <laughs> to the mysterious fifth roommate. Fifth roommate on the young ones. I watched some young ones. They're on YouTube, full episodes on YouTube. I watched uh-huh. some young ones the other day. If people missed that show. Oh, go find it. It's so fucking funny. I think about it probably once a day. <laughs> that was the first time I ever really saw live music, I think. Like what live music looked like i saw like the episode with the damned yeah and the episode with motorhead those are two just like historically significant episodes or uh even like pieces of popular culture yeah so there there's your third your third blocking papers to go watch all the episodes of the young ones while high on mushrooms yeah um so question one question one Let's get back on track. The key to being able to ride bikes and skateboards and appreciate good music is to never stop riding bikes and skateboards and listening to good music. That is not a question. Have you ever considered giving up any of these things? No. No, my interest. All right, moving in, on. No, my my interest <laughs> in them might fluctuate or not even fluctuate. They it expands. You know, and but my focus is never like wholly on skateboarding, uh, or my focus is never wholly and cycling or music, but I, I always love those things and I find new ways of appreciating them or, you know, new avenues or new aspects of the, any of the three disciplines. Uh, so yeah, they're just fucking great. And I've been like invested in these three things almost my entire life, probably since I was 10. Yeah, I'm, I am the same, not so much on the skateboarding. My mom wouldn't let me have a skateboard, which is one of the weird things. A very she's weird con- thing. She's concerned that your wrists would be horrible by the time you turned 50, so she didn't <laughs> let you do it. Is exactly right. She's like, you'll break your wrist. Um, so I only ever got to skate like friends boards. Mm. And your friends, who maybe probably only have one, weren't that into that. <laughs> yeah, trade like sharing stuff when you're really yes. a little kid it's okay because you're just pushing around on your butt but then when you want to go like session with your friends and you got to like split time yeah that's that's a little awkward so i was always riding a bike around behind my friends when they were skating and it just never really became a thing for me and i only i only i sort of let skating go generally as an idea for a long time but then when i was working at seven uh the main bike designer there neil doshi is a skater and he was like, oh, you should watch these skate videos. And then I just got into watching skate videos and I found them really inspiring because I don't know. I think when I when I hear music, when I see a bike video or I ride bikes or a skate video or what, all these things, they they it feels like different dialects of the same language to me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think I think it is. I know a ton of people who grew up skateboarding who got into mountain biking, and Paul Yurick and I have talked about this before, where you ride a mountain bike and you look at lines the same way you do as a skater. Yeah. Uh, and and there's a, been a huge crossover the last, you know, 15 years. Been a huge crossover between skateboarding and cycling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's just you're using the same parts of your brain. It's a different, obviously, a different motive. Can you hear that? Oh, is that the mice in your ceiling? I have squirrels. Oh, squirrels, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. It's like having um, a pet, but but I don't have to feed them because they eat the insulation. Um, <laughs> so a few years uh, ago, I got into the habit of watching skate videos, and now I watch skate videos all the time. And I have opinions about skateboarding that are based on nothing, uh, except that I do feel it's the same language to some degree. Well, that's what I was saying. Is it's just kind of it, it's the same. It, it uh, affects or is inspired by the, the same part of the brain, and I really love. Some of my favorite pictures I think I've ever seen is are the like mountain bike photos where you see the trail of dust going up the trail and you can see the line that they've taken. And similarly, like you see somebody skateboarding and you can see like exactly the route that they took. And you, or sometimes there'll be cement with like wheel marks on it and you'll see the you'll you'll see the path. It's mm-hmm. it's like 
and surfing is the same way where a wave is breaking and you see the you see the weight coming down through the weight or through the the barrel into the wave um there's something about that has always been really appealing to me there was i know i brought this up in past episodes but years ago there was an article called the skater's eye that was in thrasher it was a fictional piece that somebody wrote about a skateboarder who gets hit by a car and killed and his eyes are he's an organ donor and his eyes are then ultimately given to this girl who's blind and she can see and she goes through life and she sees these invisible tracers everywhere she goes and can't she doesn't understand like she walks past a drainage ditch and sees these lines going back and forth in the drainage ditch but what it it, it has no relevance to her mm. um and I think about that article pretty regularly, but it's, I don't know, I guess that's a quality in cycling, mountain biking, especially, uh, and skateboarding. And it all translates. It's all connected. I mean, you and I, uh, when we were out there last year, we went to that uh, school together uh, with my son. We were college visiting and we were talking about this exact thing where everywhere we look at this college campus, it's like, oh, there's a line there. Mm-hmm. Look at that. You would do this, you know, and it's a really fun way to walk around and see the world. Ian, uh, was it Ian McKay? Was he, there's a, some kind of a lecture, kind of a interview or something he gave a bunch of years ago. Uh, Ian McKay from Fugazi, and he talks about skateboarding and how that affects a person's way of looking at the world. Like ordinarily, everybody else, I guess. You know, besides skateboarders or mountain bikers, they walk through life and they just sort of they walk across campus and they look at the architecture. They look at the trees, the landscaping and stuff. But skateboarders and mountain bikers look at everything like everything. Mm. And um, I think I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about mountain bikers anymore because mountain bikers seems like a contemporary mountain biker is, is, is the person that drives their $70,000 truck to the three blocks to the trailhead and <laughs> uh, tries to, you know, like almost runs me off the road while I'm riding to my ride. There's a lot of that here. Uh, so I don't, don't know really what, that. what is a fucking mountain biker anymore? Are they mountain bikers? I the don't know. O- Overlander set. I don't know anything about bikes. Um, we should talk but, about them some more though. But mountain biking and it's, and that's I guess that's, you know, that's how I've, uh, that's how I've been brought up or that's how I've experienced life is that you're constantly looking at the environment as, uh, uh, in, as an arena of play. Yeah. I mean, I have that in buildings too. I, I go inside buildings and I'm like, oh, I could ride, I could ride down those stairs and then you kind of go over here and. Yeah. I think about that. So like yesterday we were in this lecture in this college uh, uh, building, which was a terrible experience uh, just because I was I, I can't sit still and listen to someone talk about something I'm not interested in for that long. And so I was like, oh, I would ride over here and I would do this and then I could probably pop a wheel. I mean, these are what's great about that is I have so much better skills in my imagination than I do in real life. Uh huh. Yeah, same. Uh, have you ever been to the San Diego airport? No, they have these pillars out in front of the airport. They're perfect transitions. They're like five and a half foot transitions that go up into these pillars. And and I know, you know, 90% of humanity walks by those and think maybe there's a percentage of people who look at that and say, well, that's a pretty good example of 70s era architecture or 60s era architecture. But then skateboarders or cyclists are going to walk by and see that as something to session, you know, or to yeah. get arrested trying to session, which right. is more, more than likely the case. Uh, yeah. So I think it's just, uh, I think it, it all is relatable and transferable and we all use the same little percentage of our brain thinking of play. So uh, why do you think people lose their way in life? Uh, it's because they've outgrown the descendants for example, how do people who are too old to skate or too old to fall down still appreciate skateboarding? What's the best band to listen to to get back into loud music? That's a lot of huh. questions. That's a lot of questions. 
I, don't I think know. people lose their way in life. Speaking for myself, because I lose, I've I've lost my way occasionally, and it's almost always related to uh, trying to get a more lucrative job or move forward in some way that I think I'm supposed to, hmm. rather than some way that I want to. Yeah. Taking my eye off the prize. That's what happens. Maybe that's what happens to a lot of folks. Or you think that, you think that, um, well, I'm a grown up. I guess, you know, I need to get into golf or, and, you know, not to knock golf. I, I, I don't care for it. But, you know, I know some people who golf and they really love it and they love being outside and they, they love the challenge of getting better at, at golf. Uh, whatever's involved in that, but that just seems like a real grown-up activity. I'm going to not golf. Fuck golf. (laughs) Let me step in here. My uncles, my Welsh farmer uncles who retired from farming, they love to play golf, and I love those guys, and I don't want to deny them the thing that gives them joy, but fuck golf. Golf is a fucking environmental catastrophe. Mm, Oh, well, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Well, yeah, a society is an environmental catastrophe. Cities are an environmental catastrophe. Everything that allows us you to get get rid of golf courses and and uh, and uh, graveyards, and we we'd be doing pretty good. But then you know, we still have cities. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, golf and golfers. I'm sorry. It's not oh, my golf. it's not my bag. But I I don't know. I just think that people. Uh, people lose their way. They forget how to, they forget how to play or you hang out with other adults. And then like somebody's, I don't know, somebody like puts on a a funny hat and everybody's like, Oh wow. What is, what a zany youthful uh, (laughs) uh, gesture, you know? And you're just like, Oh fuck. The grownups are the worst. Grownups are so goddamn boring. And, but I don't ever really have to hang out with them because all of my friends are, you know, developmentally arrested or, have figured out the secret. Maybe it's not a, maybe it's not a developmental delay. Maybe it's just that we figured out how to have fun and keep having fun. And, uh, they haven't. Maybe. I mean, I, I think about this a lot because I have kids and one of the boring things that adults do is talk about their kids all the time. Um, but uh, one thing I think, or I hope I've gotten right about being a parent is that I never, made my kids censor themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's times when they are talking about horse semen at dinner time that I'm like, let's ease up on horse semen over, you know, dinner for just a minute. My but God, I mean, horse semen comes up a lot with you, by the uh, way. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> well, horse semen is, uh, uh, is a cipher for all the things that come up. My kids will bring up some really terrible things. Uh-huh. Um, and mostly we just let them and we let them use whatever language um, they want to use to express themselves without, you know, the, the thing at our house is like, if it's funny, it's probably fine to say. And the criticism at my house is like, oh, well, that just wasn't funny. Uh, yeah. Or maybe put the so, brakes on, put the brakes on at the dinner table, the kind of thing. Sometimes, but mostly not. I mean, we took my mom out for her 80th birthday the other day. I was telling you this and my kids got <laughs> in an argument about what the biggest animal that would fit in the restaurant was. <laughs> You know, it had it had high ceilings. And first we started out being like, how high you think that ceiling is? Well, I think it's 18 feet. No way. That is 25 feet. Like we had that whole conversation. Uh-huh. And then one of them was like, well, what's the biggest animal that would fit in here? <laughs> of course. Would an elephant fit? Oh, an F- El- well, what's what do you mean the biggest? Like the tallest, like a giraffe or the biggest, like an elephant? Well, I think there's species of whales that would fit in here. Like we went through that whole thing. <laughs> for a while it's whimsical i mean that's the thing is that like i totally respond to that because it's i i don't i just i don't know man i refuse to grow up and i said it before my ex told me that my greatest strength was my greatest weakness is that i never wanted to do anything that wasn't fun like i would begrudgingly do shit that wasn't fun 
because it was because it was it was an obligation. But I wasn't celebrating it. I wasn't like going out of my way to do this shit. I was doing it because it was because I had to. Sure. And fuck, man, we only get that we know of. We only get one try at this. And so. Why are you going to spend? Why are you going to waste any time not doing shit that doesn't totally fill your heart? You know? Well, I think you're right. And maybe golf fills people's hearts. Oh, maybe putting golf. on maybe putting on wacky hats fills people's hearts. It's just it's not my cup of tea. And so I'll just leave it at that. You know, they think that shit's fun. Fine. They don't think all the things that I think are fun are fun. I'll, yeah. Also fine. It's more fun for me. So that's it. Uh, how do people who are too old to skate still appreciate skateboarding? I mean, I don't think you're too old to skate. I don't think anybody's too old to skate. He's too old to fall down. Like we've like, like is too old has to been fall said. Down, yeah. I saw, I saw what? a thing with uh, Tony Hawk. I saw a thing that Tony Hawk said the other day where he was like, um, I have to, I can't stop skating. I have uh -huh. to skate. And I found that very encouraging. He's my age or your age, or he's around our age and he's still doing it. He doesn't have to. I don't remember where I saw it. He doesn't it, have but to, but I think he's exactly right in that you have to keep going. I saw an interview with Lance Mountain, and he said, oh, this is going to kill me. Like, very earnestly, like, this is the thing that's going to kill me. Uh, but we, yeah. you can't, and you can't not do it. Because it's a part, it's like ingrained in you. It's part of your DNA. And... You know, like what, how six weeks ago I broke ribs with my own body part, like, and that fucking sucked. And my dad, my dad's like, well, maybe it's time to stop skateboarding. It's like, you've been saying that to me since I was 13. It's not going to happen. I, you just have to find a different way of doing it, I guess. My dad used to say. Yeah, my dad uh, used to say to me, uh, oh, when are you going to stop doing that? Aren't you a little old for that? I was and I, I would have I would say to him, I shouldn't have even had this argument with him because he was uh, already having some dementia. <laughs> but I was like, oh, yeah, dad, uh, definitely quitting the things that give you the most joy is a strategy that's good to pursue <laughs> in life. Great parenting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, I just I don't know. You Why know? would you even say that to me? Like, what even is that? That kind of seems kind of like a grown-up thing to say. And grown-up things are oftentimes, as we have agreed, are super boring. Um, what's uh, what's what's the best band to listen to to get back yeah. into live music? Fuck, I don't know. I mean, if you don't like, if you don't like, if you if you liked loud music, and then somewhere along the way you got out of it, and you just listened to you got into like electronica or something, but then you kind of want to get your toes back in loud music. I don't know. We have a whole <laughs> list of all of our band picks on, yeah. uh, on the sidebar of the all hail the black market. Just let your fingers do the walking and find something that sounds nice to you. Electronica also. I don't yeah, like that, electronica. That's probably, that's a real good. S no, I we have great tape. We have um, great taste. Whoop. I mean, we do, and we have a whole archive. It's a resource. This was self-serving advice. I like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, question, let's get to question, question three. three. This is the would you rather. And I, I just kind of glazed over it, and it already looks gross. Uh, would you rather lose all the skin off both knees sliding across some pavement or have a cockroach lay 100 eggs in your ear canal and you have to let them hatch and crawl out, but it's painless? Um, oh, knees. I don't like bugs in my, any orify. Uh, that is not a thing. Like nothing goes in my nose. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> nothing goes in my ears. Bugs. Other stuff goes in my mouth, but it's not bugs. And stuff goes in my butt and nothing, but it's also not bugs. <laughs> this, okay, that's a lie. It's mostly an exit. Anyway... My so, the skin on my knees is totally fucked and it's all scar tissue. So it's like, that's no big deal. No great shakes. Uh, so what do you so think? that's an easy one. So when I originally wrote this question, the, the, or was, would you, would you rather lose the skin off your knees or eat, eat nothing but bugs for a month? Mm, but then knees. I thought, well, you'd obviously pick the eat bugs. 
You'd still pick knees. <laughs> I'd knees. Yeah, I don't mind. Pain's, pain's temporary. Hmm. Eating bugs for a month would probably last, you know, like affect my, my psyche, my nervous system. Uh, what do you, what, are you going I, for the bugs? I might pick. Well, if it was eat the bugs or lose the, or the knees, I would probably eat the bugs. Cause I think it's okay to eat bugs. Plenty of people eat bugs. It's a good sure. source of protein. I think that's fine. But that's why I switched it to the cockroach laying eggs in your ears. But actually, that's terrible. Yeah, that sounds that, that is sounds fucking awful. terrible. Even if it's not even I mean, that's a hundred. That's a hundred baby cockroaches crawling. That That's at least 15 minutes of cockroaches like laze, lazily exiting your ear canal. That's something that you're not going to be able to shake. Yeah. Um, I found another one. No. The other You're right. day. The answer's probably knees. What's another I don't mind one? it. I don't mind injury. Um, but this is one I found the other day that I thought was kind of interesting. Would you rather restart your life at six years old with all of the knowledge you have now? Or would you rather have $10 million in cash? Tax-free, oh, by the way. restart my life at six. Yeah? Yeah, I don't need fucking $10 million. Fuck $10 million. Fuck golf. I, I would be <laughs> six again because I would play so fucking hard at some of that stuff. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know because I don't have a super bright perspective of what the future holds. And so to do a whole life over again... And you're six, so it's not like you can make a living. You know, where do you go? You got to go live with your parents for the next 10 years. Yeah, but you get to, like, ride a big wheel again. And I had the one with the skid brake. You get to, like, uh, Star Wars figures, adventure people, Green Machine, all of that shit. I would certainly be able to ride a wheelie uh, by the time I was, I mean, you know, my, my priorities would all have shifted. Yeah, but you, you don't have a six-year-old, you don't have a six-year-old's brain. You have your brain. I know, but it would be like, imagine right now you go on vacation to a place where they're like, you can do whatever you want. We have RC trucks. We have Capri Suns. We have all this stuff that you're super into. You'd go, wouldn't you? Yeah, but, but I do all that stuff anyway. Like, I live my six-year-old life with the knowledge that I have now, now, just without the pain. <laughs> and you couldn't make a living. From, you couldn't make a living. You're six years old. You, you're super, super smart, but you can't get a job for another uh, eight years. And then, and then who are you going to live with? That's where fine. Are you gonna, where are you going to live? That's fine. I'd figure it out. I'm telling you, time is more valuable than money. Mm. This is true. I agree with you on that front, but I wouldn't fucking go through puberty again for anything. Oh, I don't mind. It was tingly. It was tingly some of the time. And it was before all of my joints uh, froze up or broke. Yeah. Imagine that getting your, I would, I would like that, but I don't want the emotional turmoil that, that, that comes with puberties though. Facts, but I know what I know now. So I would not do many of the things that created even more turmoil for myself. Mm. And I don't guess you'd have to go to school either. I don't know. It's just a fucking caretaker part. Like you're six. You're six. You're going to have to find a guardian. You got to have a guardian. I don't know. That's a tough one. Seems like a no brainer to me. I'm going to take skinned knees and six years old. I'm taking skin, knees, and $10 million. Whoa. Fuck being six again. All right. Uh, (laughs) Excuse me. Thanks for listening to Revolting. Uh, Do us a solid and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, And on the Cycling Independent, it's only $3 a month. With that, we can continue to provide you with blue ribbon levels of entertainment and insight. Uh, you know, or whatever. 
Or Fuck you, your own boss. So on behalf of the Cycling Independent and the Revolting Podcast, I'm Steve. And I'm Robot. Don't get to suck it. Yeah.